0: This presentation is from Design Research 2021, Day 2. Our next uh, presentation is from Alex Crook from the ABC. Uh, Alex will be giving us a view into what they've uh, been doing at the ABC to adapt uh, in these times. Alex, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Oh, hi, Steve. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I will, I will throw to you when you're ready. Fantastic. And thanks to Lauren, that was such a comprehensive overview. I really look forward to looking into that in more detail. So um, I would like to begin by acknowledging and paying my respects to the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, the traditional custodians of the lands on which I am on today. I also acknowledge the traditional custodians of the various lands on which you all work today and the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people participating in this conference. I would also like to pay my respect to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Hi, I'm Alex Crook, and I'm the product design research lead at the ABC. And for those who might know, that stands for the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. Today, I'm here to talk about how social distancing has changed the way we conduct research at the ABC over the last year, and how we've had to reimagine ethnography in different contexts, and how what we've learnt along the way has become grounded in our practice. So I oversee the design research activities across all our digital products, so things like the ABC Kids app, um, iView, ABC Listen app, ABC News app and website, our homepage, our Triple J app, um, amongst a few other ones. I started in this position a few months before uh, the first COVID lockdown. And prior to that, we were conducting discovery, ethnography, concept and usability testing across all these products on a really regular basis, all done face-to-face, physical, person-to-person. So not only was social distancing going to change the way we research, but it was also changing the way people were interacting with our products and content as more people turned to the ABC's digital products than ever before. So we knew we had to continue conducting research, but we wanted to minimize COVID's impact on our research and design process as much as possible. Or so we thought. So how did we adapt to this huge change while trying to keep research and design um, on track? There were a number of research programs that were coming up that involved more than a remote face-to-face Zoom interview, although they have become a staple research methodology. We needed robust ways in which to understand adults and children's habits and behaviours. We ended up taking a kind of subconscious human-centred design approach to the challenge and much of what followed was through experimenting with different products and audience members to understand what the best ways were to conduct discovery, concept, and usability research. So some of the human-centred design questions we asked, pondered on, re-asked and answered went on to inform our approach. For example, how will people feel being interviewed now? What do we need to consider? How do we create a space to observe, listen to, and learn from people? What materials, tools, techniques will help elicit people's thoughts, feelings, and behaviors all done remotely? And how do we share and test ideas with others? And then lastly, how do we learn, redefine, adapt through this process and ensure that we continually improve? So over the last year, we have been creating new ways of working, trialing things to see what works and what doesn't. So what emerged was that without being restricted to the walls of a research lab or the logistics of a travel plans and people's schedules, the opportunity to create more interesting research methodologies arose. The country opened up to us, and with that, the ability to speak with a greater diversity of people from across Australia emerged. Here is just a small snapshot of the places that we have been able to access over the last 12 months. Today, I'm going to take you through two different case studies. Part one will be looking at conducting remote ethnography with children, and part two will be looking at exploring the in-car listening experience. So let's begin with part one. So despite there being many positives to remote testing, there are barriers that we've had to work out. One of which was how to conduct usability testing, particularly on apps, when we can't see how they interact and touch the screen. And Lauren has just explained some great tools that are out there. But our first foray into this was actually gonna be doing this with the ABC Kids app. So it presented the additional challenge of how to engage with children aged two to six years old on Zoom, with a stranger whilst trying to observe how they navigate, understand, choose content on the newly launched ABC Kids app. The first step was to set some homework. We needed some backup. This involved fun activities. And I know fun and homework might sound like an oxymoron to some, but we really wanted to make it fun for both parents and children, as well as straightforward as possible. Our aim was to allow children and parents and carers to interact with the real app in their actual environment at a time that suited them and to record their findings in a couple of ways. The first way was in a playful workbook that allowed parents to write more nuanced, considered answers, but allowed also children to contribute, where we had faces of different expressions where they could circle the ones that they felt best was reflective of their experience. The second way was that we asked parents to discreetly film their child as they interacted with the app. We gave them tips of what to say and what not to say. After all, we wanted to observe an unprompted experience as much as possible. We wanted the parents and carers to be themselves. We didn't want them to be an interviewer. And just as a side note, we made sure all parents were comfortable and consented to filming their children. We emphasized we didn't need their faces filmed. We wanted to respect their privacy and we wanted them to feel comfortable to engage in this activity. So I will now show a 90 second video of one of our participants, Jack and his mum as they interact with the app and find something to watch together as part of their homework. See if you can spot some of the observations outlined on the right hand side there. By the looks. Bluey. You like bluey? Yeah. I like bluey. Oh you do? Yeah. Pepper pig? Oh. Uh, I like bluey better than pepp pepper pig at the moment. I think bluey is good for your age. Bluey. This one. Okay. This one? That's called Bingo. Oh, this one's new. This one's new. This one's new. This one's new. And this one's new. Okay. I'm going to do Bingo because that's his name. Okay. What's his name? Bingo. Is Bingo Bluey's name? No. It's his um, brother's name. What do you... Just something. Do you want to turn it up a little bit? Yeah. Is this an ad? Yeah. Oh, because I pressed that. Yeah, Yeah, okay. Let's both watch it. Turn it up a bit. Um, although Gluey is a great show, I, I won't make you watch the show, but as you can see, uh, Jack was one of our, well, he was one of our eldest children at six years old, and so he was able to articulate a lot of his experience. He almost naturally followed a, a think aloud protocol. The rest of our participants were on the kind of younger age um, um, side, so they were two to four years old, so they weren't as vocal as Jack as you saw from this video, although we learnt a lot from what Jack said, we also learnt a lot through Observation too, which really held us in good stead um, with the younger participants. The homework had provided insight into how children were interacting with the app and prepped us for the interview that followed. We knew our conversation with the parents and carers would shed more light on the children's behaviours, habits and motivations but we were really unsure how observing and interviewing the children via Zoom would turn out and whether we would learn enough from it. The homework had been our backup in case the interviews didn't work out. So we kicked off the interview with the parents, explaining that we would be child-led. We followed their cues and adjusted to their communication styles. Some children didn't want to speak to us at first. They just wanted to sit, listen and watch as their parents talked to us slowly building up the confidence before they felt ready to chat, whilst others got distracted with playing or doing something else and didn't pay much attention to us in the beginning. And then there were those who were really immediately engaged and were happy to get started and get chatting with us. As we chatted to the parents, the children would become at ease with our presence with all those different communication styles that I just expressed. And many of them were eager to engage with us and then eventually forget that we were even there. After all, when parents were chatting, what a fantastic way to keep the children entertained but to hand them the ABC Kids app, of which this was becoming a more normalized pattern of behavior since COVID. More online interactions with friends, family, and colleagues on Zoom, and more reliance on technology to entertain and distract the children, especially those with school-aged children and having to negotiate the work-school home balance. So what did emerge was that we ended up conducting a remote ethnography. Many of the parents chatted to us on their phone or tablet, and whilst we were talking, they would flip the direction of their camera. So rather than us seeing the parents' face, the parents redirected the camera to focus on the child sat next to them, showing us how they interacted with the app and watched various shows. This enabled us to continue speaking with the parents whilst observing the children as they opened, scrolled, and navigated the app. We could see what they chose, how long they were watching for before switching, where on the screen they would press. Maybe they would come out of the app, go elsewhere in the phone. We saw a lot of this online behaviour. The children were unfazed by their parents talking and not focused on being observed. This was like any normal COVID call. So we were virtually in their presence, able to observe their real life interaction, in a real life scenario, in their own environment, with their own technology, without inhibiting their natural behaviours by our physical presence. So what we had initially embarked on was just to conduct a usability test to understand how the new app was being received and being used. But through the unexpected occurrence of conducting remote ethnography, Together with the homework, we were not only able to implement these changes here, plus additional ones, but it also inspired new ideas that have gone on to fill our product roadmap for the next 12 months. So what we've learned is that even when it is possible to hold usability sessions in person or conduct traditional ethnography, what we achieved here is something we will continue to utilise beyond COVID. For those who want to give it a go, some of our top tips for making the most of those sessions and keeping children's focus are provide homework. It's a great backup, but it also enables people to conduct an activity in a time and place that is reflective of their actual usage. Make sure that homework is fun and engaging and be aware of the time of day that you conduct an interview. You don't want to do it at the end of the day when they're exhausted or maybe when the hunger pangs are murmuring. And it's always great, if possible, if you can have some backup um, props I just so happen to have a plastic snake here, do you remember these ones? (laughs) To engage the child, maybe distract them from feeling shy or get them to share and talk about some toys that they particularly like. So now for a complete switch of gears, um, I'll go on to part two um, and our second case study all about exploring in-car listening. So another challenge we had was to explore how in-car technology, such as Apple CarPlay or Android Auto or others, was impacting how people were listening in the car. For those who might be unfamiliar with Apple CarPlay and Android uh, Auto, it's essentially technology that gives you the ability to safely use your phone while you drive. So for example, you can make and receive calls and texts. You can use your favoured map app or listen to content on your phone via maybe a Podcast Addict or Apple Podcasts or um, music that you might already have stored on your phone. And this technology is starting to change how people are listening and the role of CDs possibly or the role of radio in the car. So we wanted to understand how the ABC might adapt to these changes and identify any opportunities they present from a product and content perspective. We needed to connect with people and observe their behaviours and habits, as well as understand their relationship and experience with audio whilst in the car. We had lots of questions. What technology are people using? What are they listening to? Why do they choose what they choose? What influences them for some of them? But how do we research people in their cars listening to audio during COVID? If COVID hadn't been a factor, we'd have hopped into cars with people, spent time with them on different journeys, perhaps spent time with them and other passengers to understand this dynamic and influence. We'd had got the opportunity to first hand observe what they were doing and then unpick the why. But we couldn't do that. So we decided to, to approach it from a couple of separate angles to get as in depth a picture as possible. First, we conducted 12 diary studies with people across Australia, including young single people, more established older professionals, families with young and older children, amongst others. We set up a number of activities that stretched over a seven day period, ensuring that we got that mix of morning, afternoon and evening, as well as that week and weekend perspective. Participants had the opportunity to record their behaviours, activities and experiences over time and in their own words, The longitudinal nature of the study provided us with lots of insight into the differences in listening that occur across time, day and environment. And we wouldn't have got that from more traditional ethnographic research. So it ended up being the best methodology for understanding what is going on in the car without us actually getting into the car. Second, we conducted interviews with many of those diary study participants so we could probe what they had spoken about and recorded and to unearth some of the more intangible qualities of listening, such as the motivations and the emotional benefits that emanate from listening and can influence how and what we listen to. We also spoke to a handful of car salespeople to get another perspective, to get their expert opinion on what people are looking for when they buy a car particularly when it comes to entertainment. They helped us understand the trends and where consumers are at in terms of adopting this new technology, whether people are embracing it or resisting it or somewhere in between, as well as understanding if CarPlay or Android Auto has become the norm and get a little bit of an insight into what their car manufacturer were doing in the innovation space. These methodologies have helped reveal the fragmented nature of in-car listening. People's in-car listening habits and behaviors are dynamic. They adapt to many different factors, all of which influence people's audio experience. There is no one set way of listening. In the background of the slide, there is a very rough version of a map we started to build to illustrate all the moving parts. It kept growing, it became mammoth and complicated, demonstrating the complexity of this context. The map that eventually got created was like a recipe book. It showed the different combinations of factors that can mix together to create different listening experiences, giving rise to potential product and content opportunities. We wouldn't have got this step if it hadn't been for the diary studies and speaking to the car salespeople. As you've seen from these studies into the kids' usability research turns remote ethnography and exploring in-car listening behaviours, COVID-19 has been the catalyst for a reimagining the way the ABC conduct design research. And what we've learned along the way has now become grounded in our practice. Hopefully, some of you might see some of these changes across our products and content um, over the coming months. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Alex. That was that was fascinating. I'm I'm amazed at the testing you were able to do with that younger audience. That's incredible. Yes, we uh, to be completely honest, we were flying probably by the seat of our pants uh, with a bit of that. Um, so it worked out so wonderfully and almost better than having them in, you know, in a research lab with us. So we were really, really fortunate that it all just kind of came together. Yeah, I mean, I, I can imagine there'd be all sorts of benefits. Um, to continuing to do it that way in the future now that you've got a, a good handle on it. That's great. Absolutely. That's wonderful. Look, thank you very much. That, that's, been, that's been really super interesting. Great. Thank you. My pleasure.